cross-gen sound check right before our very, very informative and detailed um, guide. Guide. Not walkthrough. No. Um, like a. It's just. What, 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 what was it that AJ said before? Hand holding. This is going to be the cross-gen hand holding session. Hand holding, yeah. And I'm just our listeners, if they're going to play this game, are going to need it because we're going to be talking about Elden Ring. Yeah, you're going to go through the eight stages of hell and depression and death denial. and denial and destruction and stuff. Yes. So get your tissue box. Yep. Because you're going to be crying a lot. Yep. We're going to make this game uh, less. It's going to be soul crushing, but at least a tad bit less soul crushing than it was originally. Soul crushing. You know, do you mean soul crushing? I mean, no, no, no. You mean soul crushing. I'm sorry. What I meant to say was. You said soul crushing. Not soul crushing. Yeah. (laughs) Are these souls that are being crushed, are they dark that was good that That was good that was good i'll give it to him hello everybody and welcome to the cross gen podcast i am your host walt and i'm joined by my two kids aj and eli guys say hi goodbye Hello. So, for our audience, the reason why they sound a little down and depressed is that we've been playing a little game called Elden, Elden Ring. Ring. Elden Ring, a Dark Souls game. Dark Souls. From from software. Type game. Dark Souls type game. It's, well, it's not part of the series. No, no, but yeah. it's basically like Dark Souls. So, they are, the they've done Dark Souls. They've done Sekiro. Sekiro. Some of the, some of the hardest games like out there. Right. For sure. Uh, it's it's like it's like from software has like the the corner, the market. Yeah. On soul crushing, it's it's funny because it's Dark Souls, right? Yeah. Soul crushing games that are actually fun to play. They're fun, but soul crushing. But frustrating and soul crushing. But fun to play. But still fun to play. But soul crushing. But soul crushing. Yes. And entertaining. Yes. Yes. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Before we do that, though, I would like to invite everybody who's listening to the podcast to please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to. Oh, Crossgen. Yes. Thank you. Hello. Come on, help me out here. Yes. You know, the Crossgen podcast, your favorite little podcast that talks about a little bit about everything. But lately, we've been talking about stuff like this. Yeah. Elden Ring. Just came out this past Friday, February twenty fifth. Um, it's available on all the major platforms. It's on PC. It's on Xbox. It's on PlayStation. Not on Switch. I don't think Switch can handle it right yet. Oh uh, no! Right? Well, maybe I don't know. Not I things. doubt but it. But it's only on Xbox, PS four, and obviously in the new series. Yeah, on Windows, Microsoft Windows. Oh, Windows too. Um, as I mentioned before, the developer is from Software. Yeah. Um, published by Bandai Namco. 
they're always releasing good stuff. Like, oh, they have the new Avatar game coming up, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah. Written, and the, and the only reason why I, I'm going to put the writers on this is because it's very interesting who's on here. Um, the, the first one is Hideki. Hi, excuse me if I if I'm not saying this right. Hidetaka my Maizaki. Okay. But the other writer, and like I said, n- not that you know the first writer is uninteresting, but the second writer, George R. R. Martin. Yes. That should string that? that should that should strike a, a chord in some people because he's the writer of the Game of Thrones franchise. Oh yeah, that's right. You mentioned that. Eternal sadness. Yes, Why? that's true. The a HBO. little thing I like to call the Red Wedding, and I'll just leave it there. I don't yeah. know what that is. Well, and also the last season of the HBO series. Okay, well, if you want to, I'm talking about like actual story. I'm not talking about the bad ending. Well, with Game of Thrones, not that it was it was bad, but Game of Thrones is, is a weird little project because... The books originally far outpaced the series, but the series caught up very quickly to the point where the last season was drawing off of nothing that was written because he hadn't finished the books yet. Mm. So a lot of people weren't too crazy about the ending, and I I suspect that a lot of the reason was is that there was no pre-existing material, you know, to to kind of compare it to, you know what I'm saying? So the books are either they're coming out or he's he's released one or one or two of them, right? For Elden Ring? No, no, for Game of Thrones. We're talking about Game of Thrones, dude. I thought that ended a while ago. The show did. Yeah. No, the the books. books, I mean, I thought the books ended. So did the books come out? I mean, at least that's what I thought. Hold on. Because I, I know, wanna, I, I want to double check this now. I know when the last season came out, there were still, I believe, two books that needed to be completed. Let's see. But anyway, so, anyway, anyway, yeah, anyway. So, like I said, finished. this thing came out on February twenty fifth. Two rave reviews. I mean, the amount of ten out of tens that this this game has garnered is amazing. It's well deserved too. Uh oh. <laughs> I take that back. I'm sorry. The seventh and final book in the series will be A Dream of Spring, which by all accounts, Martin has not even begun yet. Right. Oh. At the time, he he was two books behind, and I think he had just finished shortly after the series ended, the second to last book. But he's still got to finish the, the very, very last one. Hmm. So there you go. Um. So anyway, getting back to Elden Ring, Elden. 10 out of 10, it is currently right now, and I know we're only getting into March at this point by the time this thing releases, um, the highest rated video game of 2022. Of Eli, you probably you probably said it best. This game is probably going to be the best game of 2022, 2022. right? Yeah. Seems like it's going to be really hard to top it, right? Yeah. That's um, for sure. So... Let's talk about what Elden Ring is supposed to be about. So it takes place in this fictional land, this realm called the Lands Between. And it's sometime after the destruction of the Elden Elden Ring, Ring. right? Yeah. And so it's like the shards are scattered all over the place. It it kind of feels like a Dragon Ball type of thing. The the Dragon Balls are all over the place, right? Yeah, sort of. 
Mm. Um, and, and so your character is a character called one of the tarnished, right? Um, they're exiles from the land, the lands between who lost the ring's grace and they're kind of summoned back to the lands between after the shattering. Yeah. Um, and so I guess your character as the tarnished, your task to find all these shards, restore the Elden Ring, and become eventually the Elden Lord. There's a lot of Elden going on mm. here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the story of it. Let's actually talk about how the game works because... Well, there is one thing I would like to interject. Okay. The pieces aren't just scattered. They are held by demigods. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So that's a, a little piece that you got from actually playing the game, right? Well, that was also in the introductory sequence, but yeah. It's playing the game, yes. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about how this game works because the reason why we're doing this podcast is this is not a standard game. This is not like you know playing call of duty or forza horizon nope where you just jump in and boom you're you're doing stuff there's a lot of thought that goes behind this and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that first of all it is a dark souls game right super difficult it's by those guys so they have kind of a way of doing things with their video games right um the other piece is that and correct me if i'm wrong a lot of the stuff is kind of inspired from Dungeons and Dragons, right? D and D. Yeah, I yeah, can see that. That's that's not inaccurate. Yeah, yeah, in terms of how you know you deal with um, your RPG character, so there is a, a player creator, right? Um, and so let's talk first about the classes, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I think classes are important, especially if you're going to start the game. And then once we get into the player classes, then we can talk about how, you know, the D&D aspect kind of falls into place, right? Because then based on the classes, you'll be leveling up certain things based on who you are, right? So, uh, here let's, we go. Let's see. Let, yeah, here we go. Because it's, it's going to be very, very interesting. There are a lot of classes. Yes, there are. And... A lot to choose and, and a lot to not choose. First one, well, the it first depends one. on your style. But yeah, but the first one, like they're the top three, obviously. Um, like the we're basic just ones. gonna lay them out right now, though. Yeah, the basic ones. So the very first one up that we're going to look at is the hero. I have a few simple questions I'd like to ask the audience: Do you like running headfirst into battle? Do you like smashing people over the head with a giant hammer? Do you like tanking all kinds of hits and laughing as you stomp on the the bones of your enemies and crush them? Then the hero is for you because they're basically the barbarian of this game. Oh, interesting. That's Hmm. that's a good way of of thinking about it. I'm going to do that for each and every single one of these. Okay. Mm. That, that, but. You know what? For people who are into D and D, I think this is a really good way of kind of putting the two together. Um, hero is your basic melee tank character, right? Um, he he's got 
he starts the game, and this is the interesting thing about Dark Souls games, at, at least with Elden Ring is concerned. You don't start at level one with some of these classes. You start at very certain levels. So, you know, you come with, you know, these stats that are already kind of pre-built into the game. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing about it is that you're not married to it, right? You can kind of take a class and then kind of shape him into your own, right? Yeah. So, like, for example, a guy like Hero, he's already got high strength, he's got endurance, and he's got vigor. And we're going to talk about those stats later, right? But you can kind of meld him into something else. Like, he'll, he'll always have that stuff, but maybe you throw in a little arcane magic. Maybe you throw some faith incantations along there with it, right? But this is kind of like straight-up barbarian, like you said, where he's just going to kick your you know what all over the map as long as as far as melee is concerned right mm-hmm. um did that hold any interest for you as a as a player that's not my play style so to speak i know it's yours yes it is but there's another class which we'll go on later down the line which obviously is the one you chose but it's garbage Literal garbage. Well, let's talk about the next class. The next class is the Bandit. You Um, want to explain a little bit about that guy? uh, The Bandit is, like, basically your average archer dude. He's, like, good at, like, stealth, I believe. And, like, he's good with daggers, bow bow and arrows, obviously. Oh, sorry. He's basically, like, the rogue or the ranger. Yeah, that sort of thing. So that's basically uh, it. Him, he, like, has some, obviously, considering he's, like, stealthy, he has some high dexterity. And, um, however, he's, like, one of, like, the, I guess you could say the outsider of these, of all these classes. Because he doesn't really have high, um. Anything? High anything, except for, like, dexterity. But he's still good, um, he's still definitely a good, um, class to choose. In terms of stealth and speed. So, yeah. He also has a little arcane in there, too. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, the next class is the Vagabond, and that's basically... A knight. A knight. A knight. You know, I mean, literally, he looks like a knight. He is a knight. Um, so, with the Vagabond, you know you're going to come with heavy armor. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the sword. You're going to have the shield. Basically, anything that you've seen kind of in, you know, knight... Um, Knights of the Round Table, Camelot. Those are the Shrek. 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 (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting choice, but okay. Um, He's a guy that's probably the tankiest, right? Of all the the starting guys because of the the heavy armor. So he's going to be able to take a lot of damage. Um, And maybe that's a guy that if you're into melee, maybe as a starting player for... Elden Ring, and if you're not too familiar with, with you know, the Souls type of games, maybe that's a character that a newbie to the franchise might want to get into, because you know what? The fact that he's tanky, the fact that he's got the heavy armor and stuff like that, it'll kind of overcome any mistakes that you, you do at the very beginning of the game, right? Mm-hmm. So, you have that guy. Now, let's get on to the next, and I think this is kind of a favorite of, of yours. That's the well, I'm going to say it badly, right? The astrologer. Astrologer. <laughs> the astrologer, right? Yes. The astrologer. The wizard. 
Um, that's a favorite of you guys. I think especially for AJ, right? This man. No, no, no. Don't listen to this this nah, salty it's child. It's this man, the astrologer, man or woman, sorry. Um he is an offensive beast. Long range. Very good with magic, obviously. It's like if you like magic, if you like staying at a distance, if you like basically just demoralizing your enemies <laughs> from a distance, this is your guy. Okay. But he, he's not only that, too. And and that's the beauty of the astrologer, the astrologer, astrologer. right? Um, because his weapons, when you start out with this character, is the staff, which you use for casting purposes, right? But he also has a short sword, mm-hmm. which kind of makes him a little proficient when it comes to up close and personal, right? Yeah, that's Somewhere. just in case you run out of, uh, I guess, mana. Uh, is that I the magic? FP. FP, yeah. FP. All right, well, FP, man, uh, you get the gist. Your yeah. magic meter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's kind of like a pretty decently balanced character, right? In a, in a, in a sense, because you uh, have, I, I think he's more of a spellcaster, right? But at the same time, if you get caught up in a melee battle, you're not going to fall uh, short. At least he has the sword to kind of help him out, right? The only That's thing more is- as like a last resort. Yeah. There are much more balanced characters in terms of actually balancing magic use and, you know. Yeah. Melee. And, yeah, melee use, but we'll get into those later. The only thing about Astrologer is that um, compared to the rest, he doesn't take hits as well, at least from what I've seen. So he can die somewhat easily, easily but... It's, this is a game where you could like level up your character in certain areas, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. You can and you can dodge. <laughs> you can also dodge. That, that helps. That's true. Dodge. Yeah. All right. You need to do that. Let's get into the next class. The warrior. The warrior. Um, the warrior is basically a. It's like I guess a dual wielding dude. I think he has like two scimitars or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's right. And um, he has some very high ex- dexterity. And uh, he has really good damage on people. So, I mean, he's he's pretty good. He just sucks at defense. Defense is absolutely horrible with this dude. But, I mean, you could level it up, and he'll get there. Uh, he also, I think he has, like, a bow, too. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's pretty balanced in terms of offense and defense. It's just destruction. It's horrible. So, so this is one of the characters that, like I said before, you, you can kind of make him your own maybe you don't at the very beginning if that's your thing and you want to get a guy with a high you know offensive rating maybe you spend your your mad your runes as they're called in the game and level up his defensive prowess right Mm -hmm. so again you have flexibility and all of these classes are really starting points for how you want to play the game right um, we have the goat next. Yes, the goat. The goat. Which, which he's interesting the way he looks, right? Yeah. This is also one of those balancing uh, yep. classes. Yeah. So we're talking about the prisoner. The mm-hmm. prisoner complete with that that wooden board around his neck. What is it? Like the stocks? That, that that's use? that's a prophet. That's oh, no, actually that's the prophet. The prophet. This, this is the guy dude. with the metal the metal uh Yeah, the metal yeah. face. Yeah, okay. He's got the the, cool. the mass. He's metal. the man in the iron mask. Yes, yeah, so the goats. Um 
he is he's actually pretty good because he's kind of like one of these guys that can kind of melee and cast at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so, and you get, you get, um, a staff along with him and along with a thing called the S talk. S talk. Right? Sounds weird. So you have, you have the ability kind of like the astrologer, astrologer, <laughs> the astrologer, right. Um, to kind of like, you know, pick and choose how you want to fight any particular battles, right? Except mm-hmm. the melee is up to par with this one. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, another class that if you're new to Elden Ring and want somebody that's kind of balanced, he's probably one of your best bets in terms of that, right? Mm-hmm. Because he does offer you the ability to kind of be flexible on how you're approaching some of the enemies that you'll meet in the lands between. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy that I think Eli is mm-hmm. probably a little bit. So we're gonna skip you, AJ, for this for this one. We'll come back to you because this is Eli's guy. That's the confessor. The confessor. Talk a little bit about the so confessor. He's class. like, he's like pretty good. He has a, a decent attack stats. Um, he his health is pretty pretty low. I will admit, but. Um, if you're looking for somebody who's like good with close up melee, this is definitely one of uh, the choices that should go through your head. Um, he does wield magic, but not the astrologer's magic. It's mm. the faith. faith. Faith, yes, faith. Mm-hmm. So basically, he could like, I don't. Know, he has like a two. Basically, like he uses his two fingers to like do do. He does incantations, yeah, incantations as opposed to. Spells. spells yeah so this dude is basically goaded far better than the astrologer uh all the way yeah sure now but he he does have a, he has a shield so that's actually pretty good mm-hmm. um, as a starting thing yeah so he he is probably a guy that may be a little bit more difficult to get yeah. into because even though he does have all those other things um he doesn't take a lot of hits well yeah right so that's something that if you do choose the confessor class, as you go through the game, you need to be mindful, and maybe you want to bump up some of those um, those hit points and some of those defensive-minded stat categories. Yeah. But he's a little bit more balanced. Yeah. So that's good. All right. We're going to get to the guy that I mistook the prisoner for, the guy that has the stocks around his neck, and that is the prophet. prophet. And for that, we're going to go to AJ because that seems like an AJ thing. Yeah. Prophet of truth. There you go. See, prophet of truth. I knew you would come around to that. <laughs> Booyah! So this guy. So before we were talking about the confessor, and he wielded faith and melee. Well, this guy is not so much the melee, but more so the faith, and he has a pretty exceptional. Uh, what's it? Obviously, faith and mind. Mm-hmm. That's kind of integral when it comes to doing the incantations. Mm-hmm. Strength, okay. Vigor, no. Yeah. Not very good vigor. So let me put it to you this way. Do you like summoning giant dragon heads out of nowhere to gobble up your enemies oh, God. and cause them <laughs> to be routed? Do you like... Burning your enemies to death and reveling in their pain and suffering. Or maybe 
you're a nice guy. And you'll freeze them to stop oh the God. burning. But by then it's too late. <laughs> then maybe you'd like to play as the prophet of truth. Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard this class referred to as the glass cannon. Oh, God. Right? Yeah. As, as a, a, a class that's super powerful but very, very Very delicate. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So if you're going to choose this class, this is is one where you're going to have to really kind of strategize out your battles with certain enemies because while you may be OP in terms of your offensive capabilities... um, Defense is just... Yeah, one or two hits and you're done. So you better better learn how to use that dodge button very well. You know? All right, we're almost done because we have two more classes left. Uh, but of course, the best one, probably, the, at least in my opinion. Well, this is my class, right? Yeah. And I love this class, <laughs> and that's the samurai class. And of course, knowing everybody, knowing me, the way everybody knows me, I'm always loving the samurai class. Yeah. The samurai class is a it's a male melee type character but does have long range because of the fact that it has a long bow and you can attach long regular arrows plus fire arrows very, very early on in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it uses a very, very powerful katana, and apparently there is another katana that's even more powerful in the game. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's at the expense of magic and, and faith, right? Yeah. Spells and faith, arcane and faith. So... It's a very it's it's a good starting point if you like combat, okay? If you and it gives you up again different ways to approach fights, right? Because if there's like a ton of enemies that you're facing, you have the longbow to kind of pick them off, right? Yeah. And then you can come in with the katana and, sh- and pick off the stragglers, right? Or you know, if you're feeling your bones at that time, right? Mm-hmm. You can go in with the katana, you know, swing and killing off people. So you have a lot of different ways to do it. The only thing is that magic is not going to be focused heavily with this character. So if that's the type of gameplay that you like, for me at least, the samurai is a fantastic character to use um, in the lands between. Yeah. The last character, and I saved him for last because he is probably the guy that if you're a Souls... This is a guy that you do not want to pick if this is the first time you're ever playing a Souls Souls game, right? Mm. But if you're an experienced Souls game guy or gal, this is a character that you can mold into whatever you want because this character starts at level one and all of his stats are across the board the same. So you can mold him into anything you want. You can make him a magic user. You can make him into a faith guy, uh, a melee guy. And the, the class that we're talking about, I love the name, is, is the wretch. Yes, <laughs> right? such a goaded name. God. So why don't you guys talk about the wretch? We kind of went over the name and stuff already, but I still have to ask these questions. You know, this is how I do. Do you like suffering? Oh, God. (laughs) 
Do you like starting off with a simple wooden club in a land where the dead walk around? <laughs> oh, God. Do you like being called maidenless by the first person oh, you meet outside that of was, the oh my God. outside of the outside of the what's it? No, outside of the first area. The tutorial. Yes. When you first walk into what is it? Lime grave. Yes. Mm-hmm. And finally, do you, or rather, are you prepared to be called a wretch? Oh God! Then you will. Enjoy being the wretch. <laughs> oh, man. He's a guy that starts level 10 on every, every single, single category and stuff. So, like I said, um, the fact that he walks around badoinky doink everybody with the club in the head, he's, he's probably not the guy that if you want to start the game up and running. But if you want to really truly build your own character, this is the guy you want to need, want to use, right? Yeah. So those are the classes that exist in Elden Ring. Let's talk a little bit about how Elden Ring uses the D&D style to kind of differentiate all these classes, right? Because some of the things that are on here are familiar with D&D players, right? Yes, in a sense. So we have a total of, what is that, two, four, six, eight, eight different stat categories that a character can have, right? So why don't we go through them just so that people who aren't aware of how that works, what exactly each of these categories does. So let's start out with Vigor. Vigor. Do you... Oh, God. (laughs) ...like hit points? Do you like to increase your survivability against enemy attacks? Do you like falling off of cliffs and surviving? Oh, God. Do you like barely scraping by environmental hazards? Then you do want to invest in vigor. That's vigor. That's vigor. So, so in the sense, vigor is just hit points. Hit points. It, it increases your health, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing is mind. Uh, no mind. Empty your mind. 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 Yes, mind. Uh, basically, like mind is like uh, your FP and your sorcery and special abilities and incantations. And yeah, that's it. So increase your mind increases your FP, which Mm -hmm. is something that you use for arcane and faith attacks. Yes, it's your mana bar. So, yeah, exactly. So for your um, mystic-based characters, right, I guess you would say, a mind is pretty important. For sure. Right? Because it increases your ability to use your attacks, right? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about endurance. And I think endurance is pretty self-explanatory. Endurance... gives you the ability to attack to dodge to run to move and there is an endurance meter in the game and so it's mindful because and very important right because if you're in the middle of uh fighting a boss and you will fight bosses and you will find fight very hard bosses 
not only are you worrying about dodging and stuff like that, but you need endurance to dodge. So mm-hmm. if you use overuse that meter, um, you're going to die very, very quickly. So it's important to really focus on your endurance meter and use runes appropriately to kind of level that up, right? Yeah. Um, the next thing is strength, and I think that, again, is pretty obvious. Right, AJ? Do you. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go again. Like wielding heavy weapons, do you like increasing the damage done by said weapons? And do you like smashing in the heads <laughs> of your enemies with an obscenely large colossus uh, two-handed axe? Yes. Then this is the skill tree skill set, uh, skill set that you want to invest in. Yes, basically. Now, it's important to note that there are certain weapons in the game that you have to have a certain strength level to utilize. Yeah. Yes, and I'm going to tell a very interesting story about that once we get into gameplay. All right. Dexterity, E, what's that all about? Uh, literally. Got to go fast, got to go the fast. name of it, speed and attack speed and actually surprisingly damage, apparently. I didn't know that. So I guess the things that you should really invest in are vigor, endurance, and dexterity. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, basically. That's 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 it, basically. The next stat is intelligence, and that's pretty easy to 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 kind of figure out. It's improving the damage of your sorcery spells and any weapons that have intelligence scaling. And it also helps you learn more powerful sorcery spells. So yes. again, for your, you know, faith or arcane based characters, pretty important, right? But for your faith and arcane based characters, we have the last two set, sets of stats, and guess what? That's called faith and arcane. Faith and arcane. So, do you? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Like hoping you can squeeze in one last attack at the very last second. Do you like summoning thousands of those dragon heads I mentioned earlier? Do you? I'm not going to lie. I fumbled on that one. Oh, man. Okay. But the premise is... Dude. If you like any of these things, invest in faith. Mm. Yes. Okay. And yes. arcane is for your magic spells. So Basically. the better your arcane, the better your magic, right? Basically. So the game starts. It gives you a, a very quick kind of synopsis of what's going on. And it throws you right into a player creator um, mode, right? The player creator mode is actually pretty robust because you can kind of change any aspect of your character in terms of face, you know, um, and stuff. So you can really make some very, very interesting characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has a ton of different things. So no two characters really are going to be the same. Um, You start out with either a muscular build or a more slender build. And then from there, you just kind of move forward. You can change 
eyelashes, eyes, nose, mouth, chin, you know, the standard stuff, but it gets very, very detailed. Um, voices and stuff. And one one very, very interesting thing that it does when you're doing the player creator is it gives you a keepsake that you yes. start the game with. And that's very, very important, right? Because depending on the type of character do you have, or even the depend, depending on the type of gameplay that you want to engage in, um, getting the right keepsake might help you immensely in the very, very beginning of the game, right? Um, so you have a whole bunch of different ones. I'm just going to read them off real quick. There's Chris, the Crimson Amber Medallion, uh, and that gives you increased HP right away. You have the Lands Between Rune, and that one is really not the greatest rune to have, if, especially if you're starting, but it gives you a bunch of runes to start the game with so you can spend the kind of like, you know, change your character. The one that I think is pretty, pretty interesting, and I, we've seen a bunch of videos, and I think everybody kind of is the consensus that you want to start out with this, is the Golden Seed. Yes. Yeah. Right? Agreed. Because the Golden Seed gives you the, the flasks, which are necessary to do healing. So you start out with more flasks. Or, uh, or magic um, right. flasks. Yeah. Right. So you start out with more flasks than you would, yeah. which in turn means that you can heal yourself with you know you i think what originally you start out with three yeah you start out with two two i think or no three it doesn't matter yeah but it increases the amount of flash which then gives you more healing properties or magic properties so a lot of people you know especially online and on youtube really really kind of gravitate toward the golden seed Mm -hmm. fanged imp ashes gives you the ability to Use ashes, right? Mm-hmm. Very start. And what do you use ashes for? To summon. Summon familiars. Things. Yeah. yeah, things like that. Like you can summon wolves, a, a corrupted Sorcerer. wolf, or whatever. A jellyfish. A jellyfish. Jellyfish. He's not joking. Yes. You can summon a jellyfish. It's amazing. It's um, too much. It's goaded. Yeah. Yes. Cracked pot used to craft items. I, no, I don't know. I don't know it. if that's something great. Do not do that. The the stone sword key, um, that you can. It's a key that you can use to get into blocked areas. Decent. Again, nah, not, really, not the greatest thing if you're starting out, but yeah, can be useful, right? Sometimes. Uh, you have the bewitching bra- branch, which uh gives you five items to kind of charm your enemies. Again, Meh. maybe not the kind of yeah. thing you want to start out with. Doesn't sound all that great. Um, a boiled prawn. <laughs> what the hell? This is Basically the thing when I made when I made my vagabond. This is what I chose. Oh, and you. So it gives wasted. you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that I. It's I because read read the description. It, it's five items that can help you boost your defense against physical attacks. Yes, and that seemed good at the time. No, no. Yeah, no. the problem is it's they don't one, last long. Yeah, so it's and it's not, not the biggest boost that I noticed even then. Right, so this is not a permanent addition to your defenses. It's a very temporary one if you're fighting a tough a tough battle or a tough boss. Yeah. Um, the last one is Shabiriri's, Shabiriri's, whatever that is, whoa. 
Whoa. Uh, whoa. 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 <laughs> whoa. So this is a talisman that can attract enemies to you wow yeah no no thank you i I think i think what you what you would use that for is if you're you're going into battling co-op and you want you know your your buddy is not as strong as you you know ruin farm yeah the 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 focus of the attack you'll bring it to yourself while the other guy can kind of like you know help out or you can start off as a wretch and immediately punish yourself by hitting yourself yes. in the head with the club? No, by spawning more enemies. <laughs> yeah. He's a wretch. That's what yeah. he would do, right? Wretch the goat. So I think everybody everybody kind of assumes that the golden seed is probably the, the best. best right? Or the maximum HP one. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are two ways to go. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I mean, those are the kind of the things that you start out with. And I think those are very, very important you know, to know before you start out the game because it really, picking the right class based on your playing style is super important in this game, especially a game like this, which is punishing from the outset. There is no difficulty level. It's one note the entire way. So you, you, the game doesn't adjust to your level. You have have to to adjust adjust to to the the game's level. So picking a class is super super important so don't just pick a class because he looks cool because if that's the case you'll find yourself dying often in elden ring you're gonna find yourself dying anyway yeah it's gonna be frequent yeah but if you pick the wrong class you're totally screwed yeah that being said you guys have put in a crap ton of amount of time I think like what over ten hours at least at this point for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, tell us about the game. Why don't you start with your experience first? Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, w- before I started the game, I did like a whole crap ton of research, which, which is really, smart. Yeah, it is. Do it, please, for the sake of for for your own. M- mental sake i guess um (laughs) yes i'll do it um basically like there's these things called golden runes which like give you xp that helps you level up and like buy stuff uh you also find like wait yeah who'd you pick as a class though oh yeah the confessor okay the confessor who is really good but doesn't have a good defense so um yeah I, i just got a bunch of golden runes and smithing stones which boosted my sword all the way up to plus four off the bat, which shouldn't technically happen as an early game starter. Um, and basically from there, like, I just beat a bunch of bosses. Um, mini bosses. Mini bosses. Because, see, here's the thing about it. There, there are these uh, bosses that you find in locations, like maybe like a dragon or like, um, I think the first one I fought was um like these twins that were like inside a super dark cave and like a cat that you had a lot of trouble with hey don't go telling my story for me yeah (laughs) but the cat right um so basically like there were definitely a lot of mini bosses there's one main boss who i was just fighting like not an hour ago 
completely it's just devastating. Um, so I mean, I just killed a bunch of bosses, mini bosses, mini bosses and leveled up and got a whole ton of golden seeds. I I have seven. I have seven elixirs, right, seven flasks right now. Um, Technically eight, eight. But how? Because remember, it's seven. You 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 allocate it. So oh. you have seven health, but you always have one, one FP. Yeah, I mean, one mana. FP. And uh, basically, it's plus four for each one, so it's like really boosted. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have like a wondrous physic, which basically buffs my stats. And I just went around killing people, and now I'm up to the main boss, first main boss. What do you think about the design of the game in terms of the open world and some of the enemies that you encounter the game is just gorgeous bro like the the views and stuff it's like so awesome until a dragon somehow uh completely interjects your moment um where you're just looking at things um dragon yeah so it's like a very um graphically i guess what are you playing on game oh ps4 so yeah it's it's very good Okay. Very good. What about you, AJ? What's your experience with Elden Ring right now? Allow me to tell you a story. AJ's on a roll today, man. So, once upon a time in the great beyond, there was a being called Diablo Pablo. A.K.A. that's my username for certain games. Diablo Pablo commissioned two individuals... To go forth and fight for him. One. Who I will only name as LAC. And two. I'm. I'm, It's not abbreviating. But. Is is that what it is? Abbreviating? Initials? Yeah. Yeah. Those are the initials. LAC. And the second one. Which I will name. Oh God. (laughs) Oh God. Dio Eisenberg. Oh, God. That's so stupid. He, he oh, just man. truly blended JoJo's Bizarre Adventure with Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. Why? Okay. What possessed you to do something? I was originally going to call him Diavolo Heisenberg because that flows better. Why is that But because better? of the name uh, limit, I had to do oh, Dio. Oh, God. That's disgusting. <laughs> So, my man, J.A.C., is not an astrologer. He's a vagabond. Okay. Mm -hmm. First thing he did when he got out of of the main, out of the main area where, you know, you go through the tutorial on how to play the game, which is very insightful, by the way. Don't skip it. Please don't. No. Yeah. Um... See, the thing about JAC is he's a little crazy. Oh, like, God. if someone does, if someone looks at him wrong, he doesn't like the way they dress or just say something that sets him off. He will fight them. He will throw hands. So when this dude with basically a rose bush for a sword says that he's maidenless, you best believe JAC threw down. He obviously died the first thousands of times that he tried to fight him. 
it's a learning process. Oh my god. So then he goes to the church of what was the name of the church outside of the out of the place you first emerged from? Church of LA. The Church of LA. There we call the merchant there Santa Claus because that's oh his God. getup. He does kind of yeah, he's got that jolly look to him. JAC the, didn't like that. Remember, I said oh if gosh. you dress wrong, he will go after you. It's funny too because he's actually pretty important. <laughs> yeah. You should really so people if you're listening and looking to get into Elden Gosh. Ring, please don't take his advice. Yes, don't, don't take JAC's advice. Uh, DL Heisenberg is a lot better as a starter. He, he's more cool, calculating. Gosh. You know, he, he's a lot like Dio himself. A lot more mentally right in the head, <laughs> you would say. Yes. Because Much more strategic, too. Yes. DAC is completely mental. Yes. Gosh. Killing so, all your friends. That's stupid. You know, it's funny, too, because um, you know that witch, the demigod, demigoddess? Yeah. Uh, you walk up to her, and she's, like, on the edge over there, right? Yeah. When... JAC started throwing down with Santa Claus. She oh was like, God. oh, you know what? I oh think goodness. maybe it's not a now. Now is not a good time. Oh, my God. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> it's crazy. After that, he started to contain himself a little bit. And, you know, you did the normal grinding, did some map exploring, Went to a place that looked like it was fresh out of Hellraiser. It was really, really terrifying. Um, do you know what the name of that place is? With those huge crows what? that like the, really are annoying and those big the dogs. C. It's like near uh, Liarnia Lakes, but it starts with the sea. I'll find out right now. Basically there. And... You know, I find my first graveyard, and graveyards are very good because they yes. give you golden seeds, and that helps you level up faster, not faster. It's actually how I caught up to him in basically a day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did that. Then I went and did, I'm fast-tracking through a lot of grinding also, because you know, I'm trying to sum up this story, because I still have to get to Heisenberg, which will be short because I only started him like an hour ago. The next thing I do is because we switch off every now and again between me and Eli, right? Mm -hmm. So Eli goes and fight, fights this guy called the Tibia Mariner. Super And easy. he's funny, too, because you know the story of the Flying Dutchman? Mm -hmm. He's basically the Flying Dutchman in a lake. Basically. Interesting. Okay. Like he's like a a grim. He's like he he's basically he looks like the Grim Reaper, but he's like Karen, where he's like paddling a boat. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Okay. He's purple. He's hard to miss. Yeah. He looked super easy to kill. Oh, of course, for sure. Yeah, it's if you want to kind of build up your confidence a little, and also kind of get a feel of what the mini boss is. One of the easier mini bosses. Super easy mini boss. Then. Fight the Tibia Mariner. Yeah. A A-rated experience. Super easy. Oh, but before that, I'm sorry. Wait. 
Just really, really quick. So remember, I was in the blood in the bloodline, right? Oh uh, yeah, I forgot it. I don't know what its name is. Okay, Bloodlands is where I get introduced to the Round Table, and the yeah. Round Table is a very important place if you want to level up super, your character. Super, super, duper important. Because there you get access to a blacksmith dude. Yeah. You get access to the witches, who are like a super upscale shop owner, merchant type thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just got to hang out. Oh, that too. Yeah, Spirit Tuner, which is good for leveling up summoning stuff. You know, you just get to hang out with the Golden Seed Bros. Yeah. One of which says, those who walk in death are like so hard to fight. You shouldn't do it, man. Especially if you ever come across a Mariner, you should run for your life. Yes. Meanwhile, that's like the first boss we fought and made him look like a clown. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually, after I go killing the Tibia manager, Mariner, we go back to him and he's like, oh, that's so hard to fight. Oh, wait, you have a death route? Oh, maybe you're pretty solid. I'm going to set you up with an introduction to, was it the Beastmaster? The Beastmaster. The Beastmaster. And he's kind of like your first, not boss as in... Uh, you know, you have to fight him, but boss as in, this guy set you up with a job. You're employed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You're employed. And basically what this guy wants from you is those death roots that you got um, from the Mariner, he wants you to go and find more so that you can feed him. Yeah. And then apparently. he gives you stuff in return. Okay. So that's a cool thing you should definitely look into. If you want to be employed in Elden Stop. Ring. <laughs> yes. Yes. So there's going to be a lot of characters that you might meet in the lands between that you probably shouldn't kill. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't. Because they do very specific things and help you out in very specific ways. Right. Yes. So. But it's interesting that Elden Ring does give you the ability to kill these characters. Yeah, Which like it's not something that in, you normally see, right? Like I'll bring a good frame of reference. Skyrim is one of those games where you can kill a lot of people, but you can't kill the clearly important people. Right. But at least as far as I'm seeing so far, you can kill next to anyone in Elden Ring. And you get next re- to anyone. You anybody's get on the, for it. Too. Anybody's on the table. Now, I haven't tried killing the Beastmaster because I actually like him. <laughs> So everybody else that you killed, you didn't like, right? Even though they were going to help you. Not that I like that. JAC like didn't like. But to be fair, they did diss him like a majority of the time. Yeah, like what's your first response to being called maidenless? Like. No, I don't know if you JAC is a very right, but JAC is a very temperamental guy. Obviously, he has has a little Pablo in him. Come on. <laughs> now, what's his name? Heisenberg is a different character. He's still starting out. He made friends, not enemies. <laughs> With the white mask. Well, he didn't even he didn't even speak to him. He, he just he he just saw him and was like, clown. Moving on. Oh, <laughs> not worth this time. Oh man. Um. And then just him, it's been grinding, uh, getting golden seeds. But he's definitely a much more 
stable person. Yes. Okay. Yes, for sure. So similar to what I asked Eli, what what do you think about the game itself in terms of, you know, the lands between and the character designs of some of these enemies and bosses that you're meeting? I did forget one thing, and it ties into your question. There is a mini-boss that I fought as JAC, probably the bane of his existence. Oh, God. It was a cat man. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> or, sorry, it's not a cat man. It's just sometimes when you fight this boss, he stands upright, and it looks really awkward, and he kind of looks like a man. It's like a robot cat or something like uh, that. What do you call those... Um. Like those little Chinese toys where they're the like the kind of the monkey that oh, does those that type of things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. It's kind of like that, except yeah. it it kind of it goes. It's like this. Then it goes like Just this. Stands up. And, it, um, and its tail is on fire and it breathes fire. <laughs> so. And it has only only in the video in a video game podcast can you say that with a straight face. <laughs> and yeah. not to mention it wields a sword like this. Like it's uh like you know the the king on a on a on a card, like mm-hmm. when you play a deck of cards, it's a sword like that. And he goes like Yeah, it's so basically it's a very choreographed type of boss. It's a cat toy that stands up like Mewtwo with fire that breathes fire has a fire tail and bonks you over the head with a giant stone giant sword stone sword did i also mention it has the face like a devil okay <laughs> moving on <laughs> moving, i've heard enough moving on. i gotta find this guy I gotta yeah. see, I gotta see what this guy looks like i hated him but in retrospect that was probably one of the funnest boss fights i've had in a long time yes i'm not even gonna lie so let's talk about the boss fights. I'm not going to talk about my experience because basically all I've done is create a character. You guys have played the crap out of the game, and I have not been able to touch the console because of it. So, um, <laughs> But let's talk about the boss battles because that is super important in a Soulsborne type game, you know, the this type of thing. It, there are enemies that you will find littered all over the map, right? Yeah. Um, enemies that surprising you don't have to fight. Like you could literally run right past them, and that's the that's the cool thing about this type of game, is that your level of engagement is based on what you want to do. And if you feel that you're not strong enough to fight a certain character, you could just run away. And there are there are ways that you can actually skip bosses in the game. Mm-hmm. which is very interesting. But let's talk about the bosses because the bosses are really the guys that make up a Soulsborne's game. Now, I I don't think you've gotten there yet, but I've only I've only done mini bosses. Right. Eli, however, has fought the first boss, which is Margit Margit the, the Fell, Fell, right? Yeah. Um and you're starting out with a character that is level what? 23, I think. Yeah, some yeah, level twenty three, level twenty four, something like that. Okay. How is the experience of fighting Margaret? I watched oh, you, God. so I know, but explain to the audience what it's like to fight a boss in Elden Ring. It's so stressful, but it's so entertaining. I mean, like you get to like uh 
it's like all about dodging and like reaction time with just his attacks. Yeah, just dodge, <laughs> dodge everything. Oh, I can't say like to guard. Oh, and apparently there's parrying, which I had no idea was an actual thing there. Um, so it's just really just dodging, trying not to fall off the freaking cliff because <laughs> it's so stupid and they basically have no boundaries. So, well, why would you have boundaries in waking life? Like Elden Ring is also kind of realistic. Yeah, but you literally, all he does is hit you once and then you fall right off the cliff. And it's so annoying. So you're it should be. When you're fighting Margit, um, it's basically a kind of like a mountain road that leads up to the castle, right? Yeah. And he's standing right in front of the castle. So the mountain road on both sides, it's just a a, a precipice falling Mm -hmm. into an abyss, right? So not only do you have to worry about avoiding and dodging these this guy's attack, which he comes at you in a, in a various oh. number of ways, right? Yeah. You also have to be kind of aware of where you are while you're fighting because, like it's happened to you a couple of times, you dodge right into falling off the cliff. Yeah. So, so. it's really it's really frustrating but like i said it's fun because you you get to learn and study his attacks see when to dodge what attack he's gonna do next and when to and when you're when you have your opening so it's it's fun it's really fun yeah like even with the mini boss that cat man i was telling you about it was a lot of okay uh it's about to happen dodge okay he's gonna do the fire thing back up a lot um, he's gonna do his spinny move. Okay, uh, double dodge. It's a lot of learning the bosses that you're fighting. Yeah, and and the mini bosses aren't slouches either, for the most part. I yeah, mean, that's that's what I'm attesting to right now. You know how many times I died fighting Catman? <laughs> like he has a he has a pretty dope name, but I I. I I can't bring myself to say it because I still harbor a little bit of JC's um, pettiness oh, <laughs> towards the mini boss. Oh God! So mini bosses again can be found strewn all over the map. I recall that there was that one time that you were trying to walk across the bridge, and the bridge was kind of blocked by a huge dragon. Yeah, that was that. Which you tried to sneak behind, and he promptly swiped you with his tail and killed you. And then you had the audacity to go back to try and get the runes that you (laughs) dropped, right? Luckily, you were able to... Well, no, you died a couple of times, right? No, only died the once. So, But you were able to regain the runes, but ran out of there like a bat out of hell because you weren't about to fight him, right? But th- that's the kind of experience that you'll have with Elden Ring, with Elden Ring, right? Ooh, but don't forget, there's that one pond you walk by, and then all of a sudden, I, out oh, of yeah. nowhere, a dragon. a dragon comes and rolls up like, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> and that's what makes it interesting, right? These these random things kind of happen and stuff. Um, two things that I want to talk about before we move on, uh, because I I do want to let the listeners know that there are ways to get some really powerful weapons very early on on the game but before we do we got to talk about the two things first of all one of the things that's going to help you immensely is the fact that you can summon a horse right yes so how do you how do you get that how does that work so 
basically what you got to do is this. Once you complete the tutorial and leave the first area. Actually, wait. You know what? Scratch that. There are two first areas. Because there's the very first area where you're literally thrown to the wolves. Where you're, like, right. meant to die. Mm -hmm. So don't worry if you don't get past that guy. Then there's the second starting area, which you obviously you can get through, and you get to the main. What's the name of the mainland? Limgrave. Limgrave. There, you, what you're gonna want to do is avoid this really tall, really annoying guy named the Tree Knight. Avoid him at all costs. You can't take him. I'm telling you that now. There's going to be a path in a forest. Follow it. You will eventually come to a clearing in the forest. And below you'll see like a, like a, a little uh, small outpost camp outside of like a, a large stone gate. You want to go there first? Go to the middle of it. Get the map. That's going to be immensely important if you want to start discovering the map. Once you do that, there's going to be a path going... I don't want to say it's east, but no, actually, it's it's east, right? What the the road going towards the bridge? Um, yeah, that's east. Yeah, so you want to head east, right? And along the road, once you get far enough from the guys after you've raided their camp for like a brief hot minute, there's gonna be a what do you call those those stopping points? I'm sorry, I'm blanking on a lot of things. Lost Grace. Grace. Lost Grace. Yeah. Thank you very much. There's gonna be a Lost Grace near a bunch of like it was like by a bushes and a tree. It was small. You, you can't miss it because the game kind of says there is a Lost Grace nearby. You should probably discover it. Yeah. You discover it. You rest. Then that will unlock the sequence with Melina who's basically going to be your maiden, which is kind of what the guy was roasting you about earlier. Mm -hmm. But now you have a maiden, which is basically like your Yoda in this game. Once you get through the whole, yes, so I'm going to be your maiden now. Um, this is our business proposition. I help you. You help me, blah, blah, blah. Here's what's going to help you on your quest. There's this guy named Torrent. He's a spectral horse. Take him. Yeah. He's chosen you. And then by the end of that encounter, you now have a spectral horse, which makes walking around billions of times easier. And it also helps with your fighting. Oh, immensely. Oh. Especially with the, with the night dude. I forgot his name. Oh, what? That you dude is just great. You just I reminded just, me. I just killed him. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's that, too. But remember that Colossus I fought. Oh, the Colossus dude, yeah. It was very instrumental in doing that, too, because those dudes are mad slow. They deal a lot of damage. But if you stay, like, close to his feet, you can take him. Yeah, for sure. And this also goes back to the thing you were talking about, about certain weapons are locked because of strength. Mm -hmm. When I beat this guy, I, he, I saw that he dropped what was called, what, the Colossal Battle Axe? Uh, something... Something like that. Yeah. It's basically this really cool, super swanky axe that he was practically using in battle. It's a halberd. Actually. Halberd. Okay, yeah. yeah. The colossal halberd. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not a hero. 
So when, to my disappointment, I went to go and equip it, it was locked by strength. It had a strength requirement. It was pretty, pretty disappointing. But again, that's why you got to really map out your stats and, you know, just kind of be mindful of that. And as a matter of fact, the Colossal Halberd is one of those weapons that we would recommend you if you're going to be a hero, because that's one of those strength weapons that are actually pretty dope to have. Yeah. Okay. You know what that reminded me of? The Tree Sentinel. <laughs> when you're ready for him, Yo. go to him. When it just that he, guy's terrible. Okay, and, but it's funny because the halibur that you have is going to be dwarfed by the halibur that he drops, and he's one of the game. He's one of the weapons. Really? Yeah, he's one of the weapons that we're going to talk about a little bit later once we get past this segment. In terms of weapons that you can find that are super powerful, but you can find early on in the game. It's crazy where he the location that they put him at. It's just insane. But anyway, that's besides the point. Okay. So super important to get the Spectral Horse because the Spectral Horse not only will help you get around in the world of the Lands Between, but he also adds another element in terms of fighting that'll help a lot, you know, especially with some of these big bosses. The second thing is the thing that we talked about and a little bit, it was kind kind of frustrating a little bit because we weren't able to figure out and we actually had to go online to do that. And that is the fact that Elden Ring has a cooperative multiplayer element to it, but it's not as simple as you would think, right? Um, and like I said, we had to go in to you know, an online you know, tutorial on how to figure out how to do this because unfortunately, Elden Ring like a lot of things that Elden Ring doesn't do, it doesn't hold your hand in trying to figure out how to do things, right? You're lucky you have us. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and in terms of the story, it doesn't point you in this direction. It's, well, it does. But It not, does. It does? Okay. On the map, it'll show you, yeah. like, the the golden That's rays. Yes. So yeah. that they actually tell you where you can go. But, yeah. okay. again, A... You can choose if you want to or not, or B, you can skip it, or C, you can grind until you feel you're ready to follow that path. But there Mm -hmm. is a path. Okay. So, but it doesn't show you how to do the cooperative multiplayer. Not right now. Because it's not built for it. At least I I think so. It it is, but they do it in a very, very strange way. Mm. And, And so, first of all, let's explain to our audience how to do the cooperative multiplayer because it's not just a matter of you know sending an invite to your friend and boom he's there you actually have to build something mm-hmm. you have to craft something i'm sorry let me use the proper terms so first things first erd erd leaf there you go i was going about i was about to say erd leaf erd leaf why does that remind me of like a pokemon oh squirtle that's why I remind me of that. Well, there's also a Nuzleaf, but whatever. Oh, Nuzleaf, um, yeah. So you need at least two Erdleafs. Or Erdleafs, sorry. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> you need two of those. Then remember Santa Claus, who I told you about early on, that JAC killed? which at, at he, the Church of Ellie? L- L.A. L.A., yeah. 
That guy has the crafting Santa Claus. Santa Claus. The crafting crafting kit. kit. Crafting kit. And basically you buy that off him for like three hundred golden runes. And or runes, sorry, whatever. And there you go. You got your crafting thing and then you use the crafting thing to make the the why does it have such a complicated yeah like some of the names here are like super wonky but uh, bloody fingers yeah the the festering fingers or something to that effect basically it'll be the only thing that pops up because you only have those two earth leaves make that and then once you've made that you use that to basically draw on the floor and invite your friends. <laughs> yeah. And you can, the here's the thing though. If you leave it open, anyone can join. So what you got to do is you got to set a code. And then you tell your friend the code, they input the code or no. Yeah, they input the code, right? Right. They input the code and then Vamos. The the great thing is is that you know, and it's it's cool, but it's weird at the same time. Um, whatever you do in the world stays in the world, right? Mm-hmm. So, for you, and and that's the the weird way of how Elden Ring kind of kind of does this because people can leave hints all over the all over the map you know hints that oh you got to be careful with this oh you gotta don't jump off here and then sometimes they put other things which really don't praise the ring try gesturing oh my god but it's cool because whatever you put down other people in in on a in a different console in a different area in a different place will see it and so that's kind of how elden ring manages cooperative multiplayer because you have to drop the summon stone right and then like you said you got to give the other person the password if you want to make it a private session and then that other player on that different console whether it be within the house or someplace else has to go to that place and put in and then just kind of jump in on it now the interesting thing is that you're taken out in a sense right into like a pocket realm. Well, no, what it is is that S- sort of you're and take- I say pocket realm just, you know, oh, for the loading screen. Right, exactly, okay. you know. So you're we'll, basically yeah. you're basically in the same place, but it kind of kicks you out to a different world. To a different world, even though it's the same world, but now both of you are in it, right? Well, yeah. It's not the same world. It's a multiverse. It's a multiverse. Yeah. So basically what these runes do is allow you to traverse the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So Eli came to my my earth or my Elden Ring or my land in between. Yeah. And basically yeah, so I put the runes down, he comes to mine. If he put the runes down in his, I would go to his. But it right. didn't work. Yeah, the, it was just a. It was a weird it's thing. a wonky way of doing it, and it's weird because, in a sense, it's not really truly cooperative multiplayer, because if the host of the game dies, everybody gets kicked out. Yeah, and I think, I think 
the purpose of it really is not really to play the game together, but it's to get past certain things together. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see a scenario where um, Eli is, is up against a really tough boss. By himself, he won't be able to do it, but if he were to summon AJ into the game together cooperatively, they can probably take down the boss together. So, but, yeah. Another thing worth mentioning. So about the multiplayer... Elden Ring is cross gen. Well, how funny <gasps> is that? We're cross gen. Hey. Cross gen. We're cross gen. Unofficial, <laughs> official plug of unofficiality. Yes. But it is not cross platform. So basically, what this means I have an Xbox One X. I can play with Eli, who in the living room is on an Xbox One. But you cannot do an Xbox One X. Or an Xbox One and a PS5 or Windows, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have a PS4 Pro in the living room. Using that Elden Ring copy, we can't play with him who's oh, using an Xbox, Xbox One, One X. X. So, so that's go. how that works. Another thing that I think you guys found frustrating with the, the, multi- the cooperative multiplayer is that a lot of the things that you can do in your normal game, you can't do in that game, yeah. that piece, right? Here's why I think that is, though. Because there's another element of the game that's kind of very scary. So there's these things called blood fingers. Oh, no. And basically, so you know how you can travel the multiverse and be invited? Well, there's a way you can invade other multiverses. And so that's what the blood finger does. And I think so that people have an easier time fighting other people they disable the steed so when you're invading you can't just hop on your horse and like zoom off yeah it gives the invading person a chance to actually get you (laughs) that's kind of scary it is. It hasn't happened to you guys. It happened to me twice. Really? <laughs> and I ran for my life. I was like, I was yeah. rolling, like, so rolling, rolling, like? rolling, rolling, rolling. What does that look like? Oh, God, it's horrible. It's, it's like, <laughs> like, bloodied, corrupted people. I've fought them, like, six times, and they're just absolutely horrible. There's, like, one, you know the one in the, there's, you know that place in the round table hold? There's one there. That wields a scythe and a wand. And he wow. jumps up at you and literally, bro, he just whoops your your butt, bro. It's insane, bro. He kills you. That's not good. Yeah. So. All right. So cooperative multiplayer is not really up to snuff. Probably the one fault of Elden Ring but, but so that's far, why, right? That's why I say it's built for, for only soloing because it's not... You can go into it, but then you'll you'll be immediately kicked out afterwards. So fighting tough bosses won't really work because if it's a tough boss, you're gonna get killed multiple times. Well, like I said, unless you're you're you alone, your level is not enough. But combined with somebody else, maybe they can help. I don't know. Like no. I said, it, it just seems like a very wonky addition to uh elden ring but you know what it has precedence because they they kind of do this with other games also so that that's that um we're gonna wrap up this this elden ring Elden Ring. uh not walkthrough but 
hand holding session. Yeah, hand holding yeah. session with probably the coolest part of this is finding the best weapons in the game. Okay. Game. So there's a lot of different weapons that can be used. Um, I think weapons aren't really constricted to class in this game, which is kind of cool, right? And Again, yeah, it, it kind is. of is. It is. But remember, uh, I killed that really huge Colossus dude. I didn't have the strength requirement to do it. But yeah. you could conceivably yes, use conceivably, it. Yes, conceivably, yeah. So the weapons really are kind of across the class. It's just you have to make a concerted effort <clears throat> to be able to use it based on whatever stats you're using. So, for example... In your case, you weren't strong enough to use it, but that didn't prevent you from gaining strength and using it later on down the line. You know? Yeah. So yeah. there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of things and some of them are really for certain classes. Um there's the twin blade. I have the talisman for that. So basically I could buff it. I don't know who I got that from. So it's a it's a dual bladed weapon and it's it's basically like a staff sword because um you can you can use it with two hands or one depending on the build that you have oh right? i need that um and that one you'll find by the dragon burnt ruins near the dragon that lands in the lake i think you've seen that right mm. yes so it's not too far from where you start the game the good thing is that you don't have to fight the dragon to get it really really you need to go underground into the ruins and follow that path and the twin blade will be there oh i saw that but the only thing is yeah i think you have to go twice because the first time i went there uh there was a trap that sent me all the way to the probably like one of the end game places so i was like that was not good um but yeah so there's that um there's another another thing called reduvia it's the daggers the best daggers in the game early on um and it's pretty easy to get as well all you got to do is you know once you once you get torrent um you just got to go to the ravine in the center of the the limb grave area and it's pretty there now you're gonna have to fight a guy for that his name is bloody finger najuris oh god you know it's another person um he's kind of hard to beat but you know, you'll get an NBC, an NPC that'll help you. So, mm. um, you know, once he dies, then you then you get this dagger. Mm. So pretty cool. Um, there's another thing. You have to kill Patches to get his spear plus seven. Mm. Okay. Um, and I would I would say he's a merchant. So this is this is kind of one of the things that AJ's J J A C J A C J A C might be suited for because <laughs> if you kill this merchant, you know he drops the spear and he goes he he gives you some leather armor also, hmm. um, but you know that's entirely up to you. You lose a merchant, but you gain a spear. Oh, shoot, I think I've met him. Yeah, I have. Well, he's in the Murkwater cave. Oh, yeah, I have him. And he's him. right next to Bloody Finger. So, oh, God. you know, if you if you do that, um, you know, you get the spear. There's the Great Epi. 
And that is a sword that has great strength and dexterity. Um, you'll find that south of Limgrade in a chest near an en enemy camp on top of a hill. Um, you probably have to kill some people, but they're not the toughest and definitely a, a really good weapon to get. Um, there's also the flail, which is a pretty powerful <gasps> early game I have weapon. Did you get it? I think so. Yeah, I do. He's the, You can find the flail at the Gatefront Ruins site of grace. Hmm. Um, and that's pretty early on in the game. There's a couple of there's a couple of soldiers around there, but you could probably take care of them. But you got to go by the carriage, and there's like a, oh. a chest in the back of the carriage, and that's where you find it. Hmm. You know, um, I like the name of this one, the Axe of Godric. <laughs> Sounds crazy. So, not really too early in the game, but if you're if your character is high on strength and dexterity definitely a weapon you want to get because it's literally one of the best games that you can find in Elden Ring. Mm. Um, but in order to get it, you got to beat Godric the Grafted. Yeah. So, you know. He's crazy strong. Yeah, he's he's pretty, pretty, pretty difficult. But once you get it, you'll pretty, be a, you'll pretty much be OP for the rest of the game. This is for me. Um, finding the Uchi Gatana, and that's obviously specifically built for the samurai. But again, like I said, any anybody can weapon. Now, the samurai starts with a pretty powerful katana to begin with, you know. And I I would suggest for people who have the samurai, don't change the katana that you have, because generally you're not going to find a better sword, um, especially early on, with this character. But if you can get this weapon, it, it'll be awesome. It's a little hard to, to find because you're going to have to go to the death-touched catacombs, right? Um, crazy. Yeah, it, I mean, it's not that easy. Um, but you'll find, you'll find the body that has the Uchigama, Uchigatana over there. Mm. And so um, it's a little out of the way, but... If you have the samurai build, you should definitely, definitely go get it. Mm. Next up is the hand ballista. Um, it's not a very, very powerful, but it's a very unique weapon. Uh, and strength players might want to like, might like the range that it offers. Um, that one, you go to the bridge of sacrifice and look for the forest lookout tower. You've got to climb the tower and you'll find the chest there. Mm. So, um, the next one is one of the great swords in the game. I love great the name. Swords. Bloodhound's Blood Fang. What the hell? Sounds crazy. It's pretty cool, right? Um, you got to he head over to the Forlorn Hound Evergal. And uh, it's a little hard to find because there's a portal in the ground. And you've got to find, you got to fight the Blood the Bloodhound Knight Darwill. You fought him. I did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So you could have had the greatsword. Yeah, but he's, he's so fast. Yeah. And he does so much damage. Doesn't he have, like, he's... frostbite, too? He gives you, like, ice stuff. 
I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's the guy that that shoots out the yeah the icy. The ice. Oh, I I guess just because I evaded, that's why I haven't got hit with the effect. Yeah. Mm. If you had beaten him, you would have gotten that great sword. That great sword is immensely powerful. Um, you need eighteen strength and seventeen dexterity to bad. wield it. Mm. But the benefits of getting that great sword, especially, I think you you use a, a great sword. You use a sword. I I I use a sword and shield. Okay. This is a, a weapon you might want to go out and see if you can get. So Okay. Uh, speaking of which, the golden halibird is the guy that you have to fight the tree knight. Oh, God. You know? yes. We tried fighting him in co-op. It was terrible. I'm going to kill him next. He's next on my list. All right. The last two uh, weapons that you probably want to try and get out, there's the Zweihander. This is, it's, it's a weapon. It's a sword that, you know, is not the greatest, but early on you can use it. Um, you got to go to the merchant's shack southwest of Limgrade, and there, all you got to do is just buy it for three thousand runes. So wow, yeah, pretty That's pretty decent. simple to get. I'm gonna get that. Wow, I could get that myself. Yeah. I mean, it's a colossal sword. Nothing great, but oh. like I said, better than anything that you'll have early on in the game. Huh. And uh, strength strength based, so make sure that you got your strength stats buffed up, you know, in order to use it. What's the requirement? Um, I'm it doesn't not say. sure, but you know, they're definitely something that you want to take a take a look at. The last one is the demi human. Queen staff. This would be mine. Yes, and I, I was just. I, that's kind of why I left it toward the end because I knew this was something that you could probably use. Um, you're going to have to level your character in order to use it. Okay, but that's fine. You know, and it's not the easiest staff to find in the game. Uh, you got to go north to the Weeping Peninsula. Um. There is a massive creature guarding it along with his minions. You have to kill the creature to get the staff. You might have to fight the minions to get the staff, but that that all depends on whether you can take down the boss or not. But this is a weapon that casters absolutely need to get. Hmm. Um, And it's not a game-changing staff, but the fact that staffs are kind of hard to find within Elden Ring, if you have a chance to get this one, definitely, definitely worth it. Yeah. So um, mm. those are the best weapons, at least early on in the game. You know, as you and the cool thing about Elden Ring <clears throat> is that even though you find these these best weapons, every weapon is upgradable so the 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 allure of finding these weapons is that you get them already upgraded to a certain point so it gives you a chance if you can get it early on in the game to kind of bypass um the grinding that you need to do with your weapons that you currently have to get it to that point you know what i'm saying so you'll get an instant boost if you find these weapons in the game. So that's why I say if you have a chance and if you're 
um, willing to die quite a bit to get it. And some of them are kind of easy, but some of them are ridiculously hard to get, right? Um, it'll help you with your gameplay going forward because now you don't have to grind to kind of upgrade your weapons. You already got a pretty good weapon to, to start with. So mm. there you go. Okay. Um, so that's Elden Ring for you guys. Um, any last words on Elden Ring? I got to get a twin blade now. I got to get a twin blade. For sure. Sheesh. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try and get that that Swihander as uh, JAC. JAC. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> He's going to kill Patch just for the spear plus seven. It's unstable. Yeah, that's another thing. He did not win against those first two dudes at first, but once he got up there, he came back for his vengeance. Oh, and God. oh, did he get it. After he got that super sick rapier. Mm. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, um, last question I have for you guys: a lot of a lot of sites out there have rated this game ten out of ten. Do you think it merits that? I think that you can never. This is just me personally. You can never give something 10 out of 10. There's always something you can do better. But I'm very willing to give it a 9.9999999. You get the idea. I was actually worried about you more than anything because I know you're a huge Skyrim fan. And I thought that you would be comparing this game to Skyrim in a sense. I can't, though, because it's a completely different play style. Well, now obviously that we played it, it's it's a little different. But I thought initially your your concern would be like, oh, I've already played Skyrim. Why do I need to play this? That was my outlook at first. Then I played it. So there you go. What about you? Eighty out of ten. Really? Wow! You're the one that's played it the most. You're the one that's kind of hyped it up the most. This what happened? Lit. This game. What? Eighty out of ten. I thought it would be higher than that. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I could go a little bit higher than that, but I'm just saying, like, it's definitely in its own league. Well, I mean, he did say AD out of 10. Yeah, not 8 out of 10. Oh, oh, 80. AD. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> 80 out of 100. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I take that back. Yeah, 80 wow. out of 10. Okay. Yeah. But it's definitely probably one of my favorite games right, uh, right now. Um, It's just lit. It's just lit. I hate uh, the frustrating parts, but it's what makes the game. And by God, it's just amazing. That's that's it. All right. Yeah. I'm not gonna give a rating because all I've done is create a character, mm-hmm. so um, I'm gonna abstain. But from what I've seen, you guys and and how it how that's going, I'm excited to keep playing it. So yes. you know, hopefully, eventually, I'll get to where you guys are. Um, that may take me some time for me, but anyway, that's it. So on that note, I want to thank everybody for listening in. I hope that you've gotten some pretty good tips in terms of playing Elden Ring. And I fully suggest that if you want to play a fantastic game, uh, just know that it's a little bit difficult. And when I say a little bit difficult, it's a lot difficult. Yeah, very. But I believe that 
it'll be definitely worth your time if you find a way to master it um, because some of those boss fights are amazing and it kind of reminds me a little bit of shadow of the colossus in terms of those type of fights where it's a hard hard fight to have but afterwards you feel so goaded to use your to use a phrase that you use right there's there's that that element of satisfaction that yeah that dude was hard but i took him down you know so anyway like i said um definitely go check out elden ring by from software it's out available now for um all the xbox and playstation platforms and available on your pc for microsoft windows um on that note i am walt this is perhaps aj it could be diablo pablo it could be jc or it could even be the man himself dio heisenberg who knows dio heisenberg uh, this is eli joss guy <laughs> you remember wow. that joss oh, guy wow. that's that's a yes. real throwback there wow. yeah, okay eli though and may our twin blades i had it prepped may our twin blades cross again okay that's okay. lit right okay that works right. yes that worked i got the it. first flawless i got it wow you did it it took elden ring to do it yeah elden ring <laughs> elden ring elden all right later people